0: This podcast is brought to you by The City Church in Mississauga, Ontario. For more information, please visit thecitychurch.ca. We hope you are encouraged by this message from our lead pastor, Frank Coulter. Good morning again. Well, it is Water Baptism Sunday. Who is excited about water baptism today? Going to be a great day. If you're new and you don't understand what water baptism is, I'll explain it to you at the end of the service. But it is an exciting day for us as a church to be able to baptize baptizing people in the first and second service. So it's going to be a great day. I just wanted to give you a report. This last week, uh, we hosted an, an event here at the church. It's called a leadership roundtable. Uh, one of the things that we love to do as a church family is we love to be able to bless other churches. Um, So one of the things that we do on an annual basis is host this event, and it's just a great time uh, for a bunch of pastors and church leaders to come together. Uh, I know we had over 50 registered. I'm not exactly sure the the amount that showed up, uh, but we had over 50 who registered, and it was just a great day of just uh, leadership and pastoral discussion and a lot of stuff. And uh, I know that we sent a lot of pastors and church leaders back to their cities and churches blessed and helped. Um, And we were able to bless all of them uh, with a lunch that you all provided for them So I just wanted to thank you uh, for your generosity It's one of the things that we love to do as a church. All right. Well, we are continuing our series We took a little break uh, last week with tony cook, but we are continuing our series faith supplement So if you have your bibles with you, let's turn over to second peter And as we are describing in this series, um, we all have faith, those of us that follow Jesus, that we are putting our faith in Jesus. But Peter, here in this letter written to the churches, he is describing at the end of his life some things that are very important for us to add to our faith. And when we think about supplementing our diet, we know sometimes uh, we eat certain foods and then we might go to the doctor and the doctor might... Uh, prescribe something to us or say hey you're deficient in it in this so you need to add this to your diet or maybe they'll give you some vitamins or supplements something along those lines um, to shore up your diet and i believe this is what peter talked about in this portion of scripture so let's read it together here in second peter chapter one verse three says this his divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through uh through the knowledge of him who called us to his own glory and excellence. So, once again, the knowledge of our Savior, knowing Jesus, gives us what we need pertaining to our lives. The life that we live from Sunday to Sunday, this is not just about church services, but what God gives us for our life. What pertaining to your life right now what you need is going to come from your relationship with God. Verse four, by which He has granted us to us His precious and very great promises, so that through them you may become partakers of the divine nature, having escaped from the corruption that is in the world because of sinful desire. For this very reason, make every effort to supplement your faith, and that's why we talking about that's why we're talking about that in this series. Supplement your faith with virtue. And with virtue, knowledge, and with knowledge, self-control, and with self-control, steadfastness, and steadfastness with godliness, and godliness with brotherly affection, and brotherly affection with love. For if these qualities are yours and are increasing, not stagnant, not static, not staying the same, but these things are increasing in our lives. They keep you from being ineffective or unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. So what Peter is saying, that we can actually know Jesus, we can actually have our destination set to be in God's presence when we go to be home, when we, when we pass away one day, whatever day that is. That the life that we live, though, from now until that day, even though we know Jesus, that we can live ineffective lives, unfruitful lives, if we don't add these things to our faith. Forever lacks these qualities is so nearsighted that he is blind, having forgotten that he was cleansed from his former sins. Therefore, our brothers, be all the more diligent to confirm your calling and election. If you practice these qualities, you will never fall. So we want to put these qualities that we're learning about in this in this series, we want to put them to practice in our lives. We want to use them on a daily basis. They will help us. They supplement our faith. 1 Peter chapter 2 says this, keep your conduct among the Gentiles honorable so that when they speak against you as evildoers, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day of visitation. So once again, this relationship that we have with God is in jars of clay, as it were, uh, the analogy the scripture gives. In other words, imperfect vessels that all of us are imperfect vessels. We are carrying this message. We are carrying the Holy Spirit like we were singing about this morning in and perfect vessels. And Peter is reminding us to do these things, that these qualities will help us. And then Peter also said that we're gonna see the good deeds that we're doing. That all of these things that we're talking about in this series will produce a good life. They are sowing good seeds in our lives. But once again, as we're it's very important to realize we are not doing any of these qualities to get saved or to get God's goodness, or to get God to love us more. If we do all of these qualities, maybe God will love us more. No, that's what religion says. Religion says, do this, do this, do this, and then, you know, God might love you, God might accept you. The gospel story is that Jesus has done it for us. Jesus has accomplished it for us. And so from this place of grace, from this place of acceptance, we obey. We don't obey to get accepted, but from this place of acceptance, we then obey the word of God, put the word of God to practice in our life. The Holy Spirit helping us to do these things, to practice these things. The Holy Spirit reminding us to do these things in our life. So the first week we talked about faith. If you missed any of these messages, you can go back and catch up online. Um, and, and they're all available. We talked about faith, just laid a foundation on faith. Second week we talked about virtue, Third week, we talked about knowledge, and then two weeks ago, we talked about self-control. So today, we're going to talk about steadfastness or patience. Are you a patient person? Are you getting impatient that I'm not saying the next thing? (laughs) Steadfastness patience that we would practice patience that we would put patience to practice in our life steadfastness just means constant it means endurance it means solid it means firmness it means reliable how many of you like reliable people how many of you like reliable people man we all like reliable people if you've ever if you've ever done any home renovations or anything like that and and someone or something some work with a contractor and then they tell you hey i'm going to be there at such and such a time and then they're nowhere to be found at that time can be a little bit frustrating right and, and it's frustrating when we think about other people but this is a quality that god is calling us to that we can be reliable for other people faithful now when we think about faith that's us putting our trust in God, but being a faithful person is God being able to trust you. Can God trust you with something? Can God put something in your hands? Are you reliable for God? Perseverance. Patience is an expression of our faith in God. Now, all of us are going to have to be patient through circumstances. In the book of James, um, Jesus' half-brother writes in James chapter 1, verse 2 in the NLT, it says, Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy, for you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow, for when your endurance is fully developed, you will per- be perfect and complete, needing nothing. Think about that that when we let patience and endurance grow and, and flourish in our lives, what is, James says, we're not actually going to need anything. We're going to be perfect. In other words, we're going to be grown up and we're going to be mature. Now, James is not saying that God is bringing bad things into our life so that we can then be patient. Later on, down in the chapter, James says, you know, uh, nobody should say, that God is testing testing us with evil that God only brings us good gifts but we live in this broken world we live in this world uh where the devil is and we live in this world where people make bad choices so when we live in the type of world like that there's going to be circumstances that come our way unfavorable circumstances has anyone ever experienced unfavorable circumstances if you don't have your hand up i want to hear your secret Because the world that I live in, sometimes I face unfavorable circumstances. Well, what does James says? When we find ourselves in those circumstances, something that we don't want, something that we didn't desire, what should we do? We should count it joy and then let endurance grow. Let it grow in the context of a circumstance that we don't want. See, a lot of us sometimes, we get so impatient in the middle of circumstances. We're, we count the days, well, it's been this long, or it's been, you know, which, I didn't want this thing in the first place, and now it's been two weeks, or it's been two months, or it's been two years. And every day in the middle of that circumstance, we just pass up wonderful opportunities to exercise patience. James says that we would exercise patience in the middle of these circumstances. We would count it joy. Why? Because we're going to put our trust in God in the middle of these circumstances. That we put our trust in God and believe that God is working things out on our behalf. That God is working behind the scenes in ways that we don't know, and ways that we can't understand. And what are we going to do? We're going to persevere. We're going to be patient. We're going to hang in there. In other words, we're not going to quit. Why? Because we put our trust in God. So James says, hey, in these moments, in these circumstances that you don't want something that isn't joy, count it joy. Mark it down as joy. Why? I'm going to trust God in the middle of this. And then I'm going to grow my patience. I'm going to persevere. I'm going to persevere to the end. To the end of what? I don't know. What's the situation in your life? Until you come out to the other side. Until you get to your dream, which we talked about a couple months ago. What are we going to do? We're going to persevere. We're going to wait. We're going to be patient. We're going to let patience grow up in me. In the middle of circumstances. Hebrews chapter 10 verse 35 says, So do not throw away this confidence. Trust in the Lord. Remember the great reward it brings you. Verse 36. Patient endurance is what you need now. So that you will continue to do God's will. Then you will receive all that he has promised. Man, that is an amazing verse. What do we need right now? Well, what I need right now is God to do this. And I need God to do this. And I need people to stop doing that. And I need someone else to do this for me. And if someone did this for me, I would be really happy. And if God did this for me in my career, and if God did this for me, no, what we need now is what? patient endurance that's what i need that's what we all need right now in the middle of the circumstances patient endurance in other words i'm going to wait for it i'm going to endure to what till we get to the promises till we get to the promises of God. And if you've ever experienced anything, if God has blessed you with anything, and I know that he has, because you're sitting here today and you're breathing, you've got clothes on your back, God has blessed you with something. And when we walk in the promises, it is a praise the Lord day. It is a thank God for this. And weren't you, aren't you glad that you waited for that day so that you could experience that day? You didn't quit, that you didn't give up? You didn't say, well, you know, it was, you know, God didn't do anything for in two days, and I've been trusting God for two days, and it didn't show up. No, what we need now is patient endurance. I'm going to endure to the end. I'm going to get to the finish line. What is the finish line? When is the finish line? I don't know. It's different for all of us. But the finish line is the best thing to do. Is the, the, the finish line is the best place to get. The finish line is where the celebration is. How are we going to get to the finish line? What are we going to do? We're going to patiently endure. So what are we going to do on the way to the finish line? Verse 36, patient endurance is what you need now so that you will continue to do God's will. That's what we need to do. What we need is patient endurance. So what do I need to do? What do I need to do between now and the finish line? continue to do god's will what are the things that you know from the word of god that is god's will in your marriage in your family with your kids with your career with your job with your finances with your health what are the things that you know right now to do that is god's will keep doing those things for how long i don't know does it matter let's get to the finish line let's keep doing god's will doing god's will is better than not Doing God's will is way better than doing the devil's will. Doing God's will is, just, is better than doing what culture dictates. Doing God's will is better than what my flesh dictates. Because my flesh is very impatient. Has anyone ever discovered this? My flesh is very impatient. This is why drive-thrus are wonderful. And then sometimes I get impatient for the drive-thru. Do you ever go to the drive-thru and you see like Tim's or something and there's like 12 cars in the queue in the drive-thru. So what do you think? I can't wait. I don't exactly know what I have to do, but I just can't wait in this line. So here's what I do. I mark in my mind, what is the last color of the car in line? Because I'm going to measure if I beat this line. Red car. Going in the restaurant. And I'm looking out the drive-through window for that red car because I'm going to know I've made a good decision if I could beat the red car. And if I can get back in my car with my coffee and the red car has not gone through the drive-through window, baby, I win. But here's the problem, that's impatience. I actually have nowhere to go. I just didn't want to wait. Your flesh wants it now. But God says we need to patiently endure doing his will. Keep doing his will. Keep doing the will of God. Hebrews chapter 10 verse 23 says, let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. Don't waver. Why? Because he who promised is faithful. Here's the deal. God is not wavering in his faithfulness. We get impatient. We don't understand the timing of God. We're frustrated when it isn't now. But this scripture says, uh, "Let's hold fast to the confession of our hope. Let's keep expecting. Why? Because He, He is faithful. We can put our trust in Him, the One who gave us the promise. We're putting our trust in Him, so I can wait." Well, what can I what can I wait for? Well, the thing you need, the thing that's taking too long, keep enduring. Don't give up. The thing that you wish would have changed last week, don't give up. Keep going, keep enduring. Put your trust in him. Why? Because he who promised is faithful. Man, I am preaching to myself this morning. Once again, we get so impatient with stuff. Here's, here's a, gra- I've been talking to some pastors about these few verses here in Genesis 16, uh, verse 16. Here's the end of Genesis 16. It says, Abraham was 86 years old when Hagar bore Ishmael to Abraham. The very next verse says, when Abraham was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to Abraham and said to him, how many years is that for you math wizards out there? Thirteen one verse next verse 13 years what happened nothing nothing exciting for 13 years you ever felt that it's like i feel like i've done the same thing for the last 10 years i got up fed my kids i maybe got to eat we took them to school i went to work i picked them up from school we came home we ate dinner we did bath and then later they could shower themselves They got to eat. We went to bed. Nothing exciting. But Abraham, 13 years later, still in the game. Didn't quit. He had messed up at the end of this chapter. Chapter 16 had made a stupid decision. Made a bad decision. But 13 years later, God appeared to him. And something special happened after that 13 years of patient... Endurance. And I tell you, it's worth the wait. The promises of God are worth the wait. They're worth the faithfulness. They're worth you being reliable. They're worth you staying in the game. Because that change is coming. Well, when is it coming? Doesn't matter. It's coming at the end of your patient endurance. That's when it's coming. Well, give me a date. It doesn't matter. The date doesn't matter. What we need now is patient endurance. First Corinthians 15, verse 58 says, See what I'm doing as the work of God. Therefore, my... Uh, sorry, that was my note in there. That's not a scripture. Here's the scripture. <laughs> I'm so excited about this message today. <laughs> Therefore, my beloved brothers, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. Knowing that, it, that in the Lord, your labor is not in vain. Your labor is not in vain. Your labor is not in vain. We're working every day. We're doing the small things. We're doing the big things. We're doing the minutia of life. We're doing just normal life stuff. But that labor is not in vain. The whole time we are patiently enduring waiting to see the promises of God 2 Timothy chapter 2 verse 13 does anyone struggle with being patient with people i do as i've told you many times you know wife two daughters female dog A lot of times I'm waiting, and I'm not even going to talk about the humans in my house right now, but our dog, she makes me wait. I'm getting impatient with this animal. Seven, she's seven, she's seven, almost seven. And I feel like we've sort of trained her. I don't know, we didn't take her for lessons. We sort of have trained her. And like every day, three or four times a day, she knows when it's time to go for a walk She knows when I'm standing at the door And I'm holding the leash And here's part of the problem Is that my wife has trained her Instead of walk, we have to say walkie And I don't actually like to say walkie To our dog I don't want to feel like I have to make it cute For this animal Who's living in our house Who provides nothing, actually And we, I pick up this dog's poo, people There's something wrong with this but she won't go on the walk unless I say walkie. Sometimes I just, I'm, just I'm, I'm standing there. She's looking at me. I'm like, we're going. You know what we're doing. We do this all of the time. I have a bag in my hand to pick up your poo. You know what we're doing. Getting pa- impatient. Now, this dog is sort of a person. If you ask my wife, this dog is a person. She loves this dog. (laughs) Like I get impatient with my dog, we get impatient with people. Why? Because we really want them to do what we want them to do. And then they don't do it. And it's exhausting to wait. Kids, spouse, friends, parents, whoever. Doesn't matter. We want them to change... When we want them to change. When do we want them to change? Yesterday. Not even today. We don't have patience for today. We're still mad about the past. We wanted them to change yesterday. We wanted them to change last week. But here's what the scripture says about God. We are unfaithful. He remains faithful for he cannot deny who he is. Here's the deal, y'all, about the people in our life. God is patient with them. And here's what we need to remember. God is really patient with us. See, we think we changed on schedule. We think that we did all the things right that God asked us to do and on time. And it was all on time. And we we were transformed in the image of Christ exactly when God dealt with us. That very first time God dealt with our heart to change. And we changed, right? No, that's not really our story. That God maybe dealt with me one week and I ignored it. And then one month and I ignored it. And then one year and I ignored it. Did God give up on me? Come on. Did God give up on you? Did God give up on you? He cannot deny himself. This is who he is. 1 Corinthians 13 says, Love It's patient. When am I going to stop loving my loved ones? When am I going to quit on my kids? When am I going to quit on the people in my life? Well, we're not. We are going to patiently endure. Why? Because God patiently endured with me. And that means we're going to put up with some stuff. Some stuff that we wanted people to change today, maybe yesterday, maybe two weeks ago. God wanted us to change those things, and we didn't change them. He patiently endured. Love is patient. Last verse today, and then we're going to do water baptism here in a second. Romans chapter 5, verse 8, it says, But God chose his love for us, in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Even when we were still Sinners, even when we still weren't doing what God wanted us to do, Jesus died for us. Jesus sacrificed himself for people that didn't deserve it. Is there anybody in your life that you think doesn't deserve your love? They don't deserve my patience. Now we're supposed to learn from God. He's patient with us. I'm so glad. Aren't you glad? Aren't you thankful? The scripture says that he suffers long. This is for us to learn and to grow in God's patience. Let's just pray. God, we thank you today for your patience with us. So thankful, Lord, for your word. God, we remember now that the thing we need is patient endurance in our lives. God, we say, we, we choose, we won't give up, we won't quit. We won't quit in the middle of the circumstances. We won't quit on the people in our lives. That we will love them the way you love us. And we thank you for that, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And we have a bunch of people over here who know that that's true. That God was patient with them and they have said yes to Jesus. And they are going to go public with their faith in water baptism. So guys, you can head out and get ready to get baptized and the team can get ready. And I just want to explain to you, if you're new or you maybe don't understand what water baptism is, it's, it's something we do as a church family. It's something Christians have done. Um, since the time of Jesus. And what is baptism all about? Baptism is all about symbolism. It's all about telling a story. This isn't holy water up here in this tank. It is just normal Mississauga tap. And what people are doing today is that symbolism, once again, it's telling a story of following Jesus. When somebody gets baptized, what they are saying is that they are... They're already a Christ follower. Somebody who goes in the tank today is not getting saved for the first time. They are just going public with their faith. They are proclaiming publicly. I have said yes to Jesus. And it's all about symbolism. When you go under the water, you are saying that you are dying with Christ, that you have died with Christ. And the water is a symbol of our sins being washed away. And when we come up out of the water... They're saying that I am risen to new life in Christ, that this has already happened for me. I've already said yes to Jesus. I've already made Jesus the Lord and Savior of my life. So it is a celebration of faith. And when we know, when we go to a wedding, what is that? It's a celebration of love. Those people already love each other. And that wedding day is just going public with their love. And this is the same thing. People are going public with their love for God. And just like we do at a wedding, we're excited and we cheer. We're going to do that for our brothers and sisters who are going public with their faith today. And so as they get baptized, what are we going to do? That's exactly right. We are going to celebrate with them. Just like we celebrate when the Leafs score or the Raptors win a game or when the Blue Jays make the playoffs. We celebrate. Man, we should celebrate all the much more when people say yes to Jesus. Thanks for listening. If you need prayer or would like to share how this message has impacted you, please email info at thecitychurch.ca.